The Other Germany, the GDR, Conversations with Margot Honecker, by Louis Corvalan. Chapter 1, Forward. The German Democratic Republic, the GDR, will be forever recorded in history as the first socialist state built on German soil. Run by workers, it was formed in the most backward and war-torn part of Germany. It had less territory than the second region of Chile, only 108,000 square kilometers, and only 16 million inhabitants. Despite these limitations, it became one of the 10 most industrial countries on the planet, reaching a high degree of development and a good standard of living. Its economic growth was not for the benefit of a few, as happens in capitalism, but for the benefit of all, in favor of the people. Clodomira Almeida, an enlightened and consistent socialist revolutionary, after 10 years in the GDR, said that his greatest attraction was in the union between economic development and the well-being of the people. The steps forward in the economy are always projected in the social field. They serve the well-being of citizens. He declared to the magazine Puente in October 1989. And he added, to this is added a high degree of development of the political and social conscience of the people. The Unified Socialist Party of Germany, the PSUA, its allied parties, and all social organizations strive to keep the conscience of the people awake regarding the historical tragedy that fascism represented for Germany and Europe. Well, ever since the capitalists and propagandists have tried to make the whole world believe that socialism failed in its project of building a superior society, I have felt the duty to counter them with the concrete example of the GDR. Margot Honecker has this same purpose. With these lines, we intend to make a small contribution to this end. The GDR distinguished itself by its determined and permanent contact in favor of world peace and by the broad and generous practice of international solidarity. Cuba, Vietnam, Ethiopia, Mozambique, Angola, and Chile among many other countries of the so-called Third World, received their support and their determined and broad morale and material support. The person who wrote this did not live in the GDR, but visited it many times, followed its development and politics with permanent attention, had multiple contacts with its people, and perceived very directly their sentiments of friendship and solidarity expressed in a thousand ways towards the people of Chile in the years of the government of President Allende and during the Pinochet dictatorship. In the GDR, more than 2,000 of our compatriots, militants or sympathizers of all the unity parties, lived their exile. The Germans welcomed them with open arms. They solved the problems of housing, work, health, and education and surrounded them with an atmosphere of affection and brotherhood. The person in charge of the international relations of the United Socialist Party of Germany was Ra Hermann Oxen. He had belonged to the Ernesto Thalmann Brigade and fought in Spain during the Civil War. 
He knew some Spanish. I visited him many times. Each time I asked for direct help through him, and I invariably began by apologizing for the inconvenience or problems that my request might entail. Then he also invariably said to me, Don't worry, mate. What are we here for if not to help? I hope these pages are seen as an expression of affection and appreciation for the GDR, which has always remained in our hearts. We assume, at the same time, the duty to raise our voice of repudiation of the infamous process opened in Kohl's Germany against Eric Honecker and his closest colleagues and continued today against honorable people who worked as ministers, parliamentarians, judges, prosecutors, soldiers, and officers of the army were the security organs of the GDR. The GDR arose as a consequence of the division of Germany into four zones occupied by the victorious powers in the Second World War and, more specifically, as a foreseeable and inevitable result of the unilateral decision adopted by the United States, Great Britain, and France to create the Federal Republic of Germany in the three areas they were in charge of. In itself, it is understood that, when the West German state was constituted, the constitution of another state in the eastern zone and the disappearance of the status of an area occupied by the Soviet Union was absolutely inevitable. But understanding and logic do not abound in national or international political life as the strongest are used to imposing their diktat as happened shortly after the defeat of fascist Germany. Then the Western powers embarked on the politics of the Cold War. These powers and the countries under their influence or domination did not recognize the German Democratic Republic, did not maintain diplomatic or commercial relations with it, and for more than 20 years, it left it outside the United Nations. Such a policy collapsed in 1971 when the UN ended up recognizing it in favor of which the government of President Allende made a valuable contribution by establishing, before that, diplomatic relations with the GDR. Then, the Helsinki Conference, held in 1975, expressly recognized the legality of the European borders that existed at that time and that historically had formed and comprised the German socialist state. Due to the new situation, even the government of the Federal Republic of Germany, headed by Helmut Kohl, maintained interstate relations with the government of the GDR, headed by Erich Honecker. Moreover, the same Kohl even received by Honecker and Bonn as head of state with appropriate ceremonies in September 1987. Consequently, the proceedings against Honecker and his colleagues in the Federal Republic are absolutely arbitrary, and they only respond to the desire of the defenders and propagandists of capitalism to incriminate and denigrate socialism, presenting it as a system that goes beyond the rights of man and all humanist principles. Here it is described how it was possible to go from a territory in cultural economic and social ruins, devastated by fascism to a country where human rights were a reality 
and its citizens had access to work, education, culture, and sports, who were guided by high and noble values and were concerned about the well-being and happiness of each person of the social group, and where there was an economic system in which social property had predominated, and a political regime of several parties settled in the organizations of all the sectors, and in particular, in the organization and in the conscience of the workers. We believe that by enhancing these truths, we are also helping to break down the wall of lies woven about the GDR. As has always happened in history, the great social transformations that are undertaken in the direction of social progress affect the interests of a few. Such is the basis and origin of class conflicts that inflict more or less violent actions by one or the other party, including painful events not exempt from abuses and inequities. In the GDR, they were rare and did not diminish the importance of their magnificent achievements in favor of the people and peace in Europe. The writer Heinz Kalhan says well, Even in the fight for the most just cause, injustices are not stopped. As long as this is not considered a right, but a disgrace, it will continue to be the most just cause. Many men and women of the people with outstanding values of culture and science consecrated their lives to this cause, including renowned revolutionaries such as Ernesto Thalmann, Wilhelm Pike, Otto Grotewal, Walter Ubricht, and Eric Honecker, who only sought to transform social and political life, cultural and economic, for the benefit of all. In the formation and construction of the new society, Honecker played a leading role in the beginning. The son of a Saarland miner and roofing worker, imprisoned for 10 years in Hitler's Germany, Honecker returned to Moabit prison after the fall of the GDR. Affected by pancreatic cancer, he lived his last days in Chile, where he died on May 29, 1994, one year four months, and 15 days after having set foot on our land. During his stay in Chile, I visited him relatively frequently. I never saw him dejected by his illness, which he well knew was terminal, and he never told me about the hard days of the collapse of the GDR, nor the time he spent this second time in Moabit jail, nor about his fellow party members who they faltered in the days of trial neither from the infamous accusations that he would be subjected to, nor from the miserable treatment given to him by the Cole and Yeltsin governments. I only saw him interested in always knowing something more about Chile and in keeping us abreast of the situation in Germany. In the other Germany, the GDR, you can also see men from the revolutionary camp who, as often happens in dark days, lost their compass and embarked on an adventure without a destination, that of believing that the great German bourgeoisie would allow the GDR to continue standing and they would let them lead the same, if they changed their course. Margot Honecker, who was actively involved in the building of the German Democratic Republic from the beginning, 
speaks to us especially of the difficulties and achievements. When the GDR was born in October 1949, she was 20 years old, but she was already a proven and courageous anti-fascist fighter. She was the youngest deputy in the Provisional Chamber and then a member of the People's Chamber until the end of the GDR. She was part of the Central Committee of the Unified Socialist Party and for many years was in charge of the Ministry of Education. Thus, she lived from the inside. All the processes that began with the formation of the GDR developed through the 40 years of construction of socialism and culminated with the annexation of the socialist state by the Federal Republic of Germany. During her residency in Chile, Margot Honecker has remained on the fringes of political activity, but she is a deep connoisseur of the German situation who follows with careful attention daily. When I proposed to give her a long interview to be published in a small book, I told her that I was encouraged by the desire to contribute to enhancing and valuing the socialist experience of the working class and people of the GDR without pretending to achieve a complete exposition nor an exhaustive analysis of that experience and even less of the collapse of socialism in the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe. I added that I conceived of this work as a kind of report, as a conversation based essentially on questions and answers. We will talk about how much there is, I said, and you will answer or not the questions I ask you. In some of them, I will play an impertinent journalist, asking her for opinions about manners that are or could be clear to me, but about which there is ignorance or confusion in many people. Then I will shape the book and submit it for your consideration. In it, there will not be a single word about which you do not agree. So we proceeded. Margot is an intelligent and sensitive woman who speaks what is necessary and sometimes does not speak or only nods or disagrees with her lively blue eyes and a slight movement of the head. I did not say anything, but I noticed that she liked the idea. Several days passed, and when we spoke again, she brought up difficulties with language. I do not understand a bit of German, and she speaks little Spanish. Then, we began to see how to overcome the inconveniences that have turned out to be greater than I imagined, and that in the end, we were saved with the help of Borges Lohan, Barbel Saavedra, Patricia Silva, Juan Carlos, and Amagata. We received valuable contributions from Professor David McConnell and doctor and writer Alfredo Bauer, Austrian by birth, who has lived in Argentina for many years, his second homeland, and from his wife, Gertie Newman, an Argentine of Austrian origin. We know all of them very well. When the socialism built in the Soviet Union and in the countries of Eastern Europe collapsed, the spokesmen of the multinationals proclaimed the end of history and the eternal reign of the neoliberal version of capitalism. After barely a decade of those days of revelry for the capitalists, neoliberalism is already exposed and appears as it is. The big business of the multinationals that in their desire for profit accentuate 
the exploitation of man by man, accumulate more and more wealth at the expense of poor countries, predate the planet's natural resources, and degrade the environment to the extent of threatening the survival of human life. Of all this, men become more and more aware and start to question the system. However, many the obstacles and complexities of the present may be, I am certain that, ultimately, the peoples will undertake the path or paths that will lead them to a classless society, within which all men will truly be brothers. And in this new undertaking, they will take into account, with their successes and mistakes, the socialist experiences of yesterday, including the valuable experience of the German Democratic Republic. Louis Corvillon, Santiago de Chile, September 2000. Thank you for listening to this reading from the People's School for Marxist-Leninist Studies. If you're interested in attending classes, email info at psmls.org. If you'd like to support us, our partner publishing house can be found at newoutlookpublishers.net.